Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast, brought to you by today's sponsor, The Forager Project, a plant-based food company that is dedicated to making the world a better place than they found it. Working out of their California creamery, The Forager Project crafts dairy-free yogurts, kefirs, milks, and sour cream, using organic cashews for the creamy base in all of its products. I've tried out their cashew milk yogurt, and it was truly delicious. The Forager Project isn't only passionate about creating healthy organic plant-based food, they are equally passionate about nurturing a healthy democracy. They would like to inspire everyone to get out and vote, whether by mail-in ballot or in person on November 3rd. I would like to join them by encouraging you to let your voice be heard on Election Day. Go to www.foragerproject.com forward slash vote to take advantage of their nonpartisan information for voters. You can also follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Forager Project. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from The True Source of a Happy Life by Hugh Waite, published in 1909. It will help much in learning the lesson of happiness if we persistently train ourselves to be cheerful and to see the bright things in our everyday life. There are some people who seem to have eyes only for the disagreeable things. They find every bit of roughness and hardness in life's pathway. They see it once, and see it magnified, every unpleasant thing that comes into their lives. They remember every unhappy experience they ever had. They keep on the walls of their memory pictures of all their vanished joys and faded hopes. They indelibly record all the trials, adversities, and misfortunes they have ever suffered. But on the other hand, they are forgetful of all their blessings. They hang up no pictures of the joys they did not lose, which have filled their lives on so many bright days. They have poor memory for the things that beautify and gladden life. There are few habits more common than this, of remembering the unpleasant and forgetting the pleasant things. And there is no other habit which is a greater enemy of true joy. The person who would be of good cheer must break this habit if it has fastened itself to your life. You must train yourself to see the beautiful things and be blind to the disagreeable ones. There are in the ordinary life a thousand pleasant things, favors, joys, comforts, things to cheer, to one unpleasant thing, one real cause for unhappiness. It is a shame, therefore, to let the one bit of roughness, trial, or suffering spoil all the gladness of the thousand blessings, to let the one discord note mar all the music of such splendid harmony. We shall learn to look at life not to find misery and discomfort, but to find joy and happiness. 
Don't borrow trouble. Don't wait for happiness. Go to work and make your joy. Accept the true philosophy of life. Take things as they come. Look at the bright side. If there is no bright side, make one. Don't hang down your head. Those old sayings are true, such as, Every cloud has a silver lining. Nothing is so bad, but it might have been worse. It is always morning somewhere. And the darkest hour of the night usually precedes the dawn. Form the habit of thinking how much there is to cheer you, even though there may be much to depress. How dismal you look, said a water bucket to his companion, as they were going to the well. Ah, replied the other, I was reflecting on the uselessness of our being filled, for however full we go away, we always come back empty. How strange to look at it in that way, said the other pale. I always enjoy the thought that, however empty we come, we always go away full. Only look at it that way, and you will be as cheerful as I am. Some people always take cheerful views of life. They look at the bright side. They find some joy and beauty in everything. If the sky is covered with clouds, they will point out to you some great bank of clouds piled up like mountains of glory. When the storm rages, instead of fears and complaints, they find pleasure in meditating on its majesty and grandeur. In the most effective picture, they will see some beauty which charms them. In the most disagreeable people, they discover some kindly trait of character. In the most discouraging circumstances, they find something for which to be thankful, some gleam of cheer breaking in through the thick clouds. If there is one ray of hope anywhere, they will find it, for they have cultivated a faculty for happiness. They always make the best of circumstances. They are happy while traveling. They are contented at home. Their good nature never lags. They take cheerful views of everything. Such persons have a wonderful mission in the world. They are like fruit trees covered with blossoms, pouring sweetness all about them. Now, what is the philosophy of living which produces such results? Some will say, People are born with sunny dispositions, with a large ability for helpfulness and joyfulness, and with eyes for the bright side of life, while others are naturally disposed to gloom. But in reality, it is largely a matter of training and habit. Make the best of yourself. Watch, plant, and sow. Cultivate. Faint not. Falter not, press onward, persevere. Perhaps you cannot bear such splendid fruit, nor yet such rare rich flowers as others, but cultivate the best you can. 
At first your flowers may only be the daisies and buttercups of life, the little words, the smiles and handshakes, the helpful looks, but they will have their effect on others and on yourself. Another indispensable trait in the pursuit of happiness is self-control. However, it is difficult to secure. Alexander the Great conquered all the world, and then wept for other worlds to conquer. He did not control his own spirit, dying a drunkard at 33 years of age. Daniel Webster could sway great audiences by his power of oratory, but did not master his own personal life. William James says that one of the best principles in self-mastery is to get started as soon as possible the good resolutions which you have formed. Decide upon a course of conduct and immediately follow the decision by action. If postponed till some future time, you'll likely never start. Form a resolution to rid your life of everything which makes you unhappy and to introduce into your life those things which bring joy and gladness. Be moderate. Keep free from undue anger or excitement. Be mild, temperate, calm, reasonable, and gentle. By controlling your temper, you perform no hasty and rash acts causing permanent regret. By controlling your tongue, you utter no word to wound the feelings of others. The equipose of character and the self-mastery that come by being moderate are essential to one's happiness. This victory will precede all others in your pursuit of the joyous life. Too many excesses of all sorts have falsified our senses and injured our faculty to be happy. To maintain a calm and quiet disposition under exciting circumstances will help much to make one's life pleasant and happy. Don't worry about things you cannot help. I knew a grocer whose stock and household goods were all destroyed in a flood. Yet he slept soundly on a bench in a schoolhouse where his family had gone for shelter. One of his friends said, How can you sleep when you have lost all you had? He replied, It was through no fault nor carelessness of mine, and if I get a night's rest I will be able to go to work in the morning and build up again. To reach a happy state through calm self-possession, means the patient endurance or toleration of many things, the refraining from retaliation or retribution, the manifesting in one's life leniency and indulgence. Sir William Temple says, Health is the soul that animates all the enjoyments of life, that state in which all the natural functions are performed freely without pain or disease, is necessary to the well-being and happiness of any individual. Whatever impairs the body, limits the mind, vice corrupts the body, thereby decreasing the ability to fully enjoy life. 
A weak or a sickly body puts us at a disadvantage in all of our work. You should therefore, as carefully as possible, train, develop, discipline, and use your body well. That is one of the fundamental principles. The happy individual is also the one with a clear conscience. Uneasiness of mind, arising from wrongdoing, will cause you to be unhappy. A sense of guilt produces keen pain. A nagging conscience is the mother of distressing grief. Remorse is the enemy of happiness. It is true that temptations promise much. It seems so beautiful and attractive that it draws upon the discontented mind. But if people could just see beyond the attractiveness of the temptation, and there behold the deception, the disappointments, the unkept promises, it surely could be avoided. As Junius once said, After long experience of the world, I affirm before God, I never knew a rogue who was not unhappy. Remember that the memory of the bad things you have not committed gives happiness, and the knowledge or memory of the good you have done gives greater happiness. For after all, only those who are truly good are truly happy. In other words, goodness is not only the way to happiness, but is happiness itself. The source of true happiness is not from without, but from within. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Transform your life in 30 days with our Majesty Meditation Program. Our unique auto-suggestion sound method meditation will help you achieve success in every area of your personal and professional life. Learn more at livinghour.org majesty. To get 30% off the $11.99 purchase price, use the coupon code INSPIRATION. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.